You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. I am joined today by Austin. Hello. Hello, Austin. So today, we are going to be discussing what it's really like to be a professional witch slash practitioner slash spiritualist, whatever you want to call yourself. Um, psychic. Psy- yeah, there you go. Psychic. Exactly. Um, because I think a lot of people have some wrong ideas around this, we'll just say. I think a lot of people think that this is, like, all just fun and games or a chance for us just to kind of, like, float off into the ether every day. And uh, and it isn't. It's really hard work and a lot of the time not really very happy work. And honestly, it's not, it's not fun all the time. So... Um, you know, and I do want to be, be clear in saying that, like, in no way am I trying to discourage anybody who would listen to this episode from, you know, potentially going pro with your spiritual work. You know, if you feel called to do that, then that, that's an amazing thing, and you, you should definitely give that a shot. But um, but I, I, I would say listen to this podcast first, okay, because we're going to give you some of the bads as well as some of the goods. So um, so let's let's start there. So Austin, I'm I'm gonna ask you, what is it you feel someone should know before they decide to to, to to do something like this at a professional level? The first thing they need to know is that you you have to know your tools. You have to know what you're doing. If you're three months into your spiritual journey and you think you're gonna become a professional psychic and you're still reading out of a book that's that's just one unprofessional and two that's not that's not cool that's you're you're effectively still in training for a job right um another thing is you need to know your worth you need to know your ethics as well you you need to make sure that you're telling people the truth and you have to be honest and if you can't help someone or if it's not in your ball field don't don't try and tell it to them on top of that another thing you probably need to make sure you you understand is that you're going to be dealing with a lot of quote unquote crazy you, you're going to be dealing with a lot of people who think magic and psychic readings are the answer and it's not okay so some of what you were saying there initially about, you know, like knowing your tools. I mean, I think that, you know, that that seems to be something that would, the way that you put that, that seems to be something that would be very specific to, say, like professional psychics. But to, to broaden the scope a little bit, I mean, that, that would be kind of true for anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we really do need to make sure that we're not still, you know, at a, like a, a beginner introductory kind of level before we decide to put ourselves into a position of guidance potentially or, or leadership, uh, in some sense for, for others when we, which is in essence, that's kind of what we're doing when we become a professional, you know, um, you go to see a doctor because this is somebody who's gone to school and they know, they know what is going on with, you know, whatever it is that you're there for. Right. Um, the same would be true for someone that you were seeing in a spiritual capacity. You want to meet with somebody who has the knowledge and not just knowledge, but also experience. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about that a little bit, because as you mentioned, there are a lot of people that, 
you know, they buy a deck of tarot cards, they buy a book of spells, they, you know, whatever, you know, and then they decide I'm at a point now where I can start doing this, not just for myself, but for other people. And those are almost always the people that end up kind of fucking something up. Yeah. You know, and usually not just for them, for other people. Yeah, they're the ones that we have to clean um, up after. You know, and so I think that experience is a huge factor here or is a very important thing to consider. You know, it's not just about knowledge. Knowledge is a wonderful thing, of course, but but you do need to have a certain level of experience uh, to be able to know how to properly apply that knowledge. You need to be able to, you know, really kind of like have lived life in, in to, to an extent that you're able to look at a situation and make the best decision that you're able to look at a situation and remove your own judgment. Because if you're working for other people, you, you have to be able to remove your judgment in that situation. Okay. I'm talking like, like judgmentalism specifically, not, you know, not that you're not going to be judging the situation. You absolutely are, but you know, but we, we have to, to be able to take ourselves often out of the equation when we're working with other people. I well, guess. and, and your own, your own personal morals, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have you had a client come and sit down wanting you to cast a love spell on someone, but they're already married to someone? A lot. Right? Yeah, a lot. And how many times have, have you had someone sit down and the cards have revealed that they are in fact in the wrong and they, they want you to do a working to help them get the upper hand you have to either remove yourself completely and go, ah, okay, I can handle this. Or you have to be able to step up and say, you know, this would indicate that as a matter of fact, you're in the wrong, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, so you have to be able and willing to not just have an open and honest conversation with your client and the people you're working with, but you also have to be able to, like, like you said, Mike, you have to remove yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you have to remove that judgment. You know, how, how like, once again, using being a professional psychic as an example, clients will come and sit down and you'll be like, wow, you're cheating on your husband with three different individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can't hold judgment on that person. If Well, you shouldn't. Yeah, I think, you should you know, and that, that could be a tricky thing because, you know, and, and that's, um, yeah, I, you know, regardless of what your personal feelings may be around a situation like that, you, you cannot convey that. You cannot kind of at that person with a, like, you're wrong or you're, you know, you're a horror for, you know, for doing this to your husband. And, you know, like you can't do that to somebody, you know. But you are right. I think over time we, we do, particularly as witches, we do kind of cultivate a slightly different measure of morality and mm-hmm. ethics, you know. And I think we have to do that to be able to do our work effectively. Well, and that's, um, that's where, that's where this, this very, 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 very fluid and flippant idea of, it's everyone's path and everyone's different should be honored and should be acknowledged because you don't know what that person has gone through in life. You don't know what they're dealing with. Um, I mean, you might, if you're pulling cards on it or, or, or something like that, Yeah. but you, you are not in that person's shoes. Therefore you can't really, you know, okay. it's not your path. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about the, spiritual peace, the knowledge, the experience, and also, of course, being able to remove yourself from the equation, particularly as you are working for other people. Um, what about, like, the the more mundane stuff? I mean, talking about, like, actually, like, a business. I think that's a, a big piece that is missing for a lot of people, and I see this with a lot of practitioners, particularly people, like, that we work with directly, you know, a lot of them, and, and I don't, you know, I'm not trying to bring any hate or, or, you know, say I'm unhappy with anybody, but, but I've noticed even some of the practitioners we work with very closely that they are, um, 
you know, they've gone into this work without really, you know, realizing like, I'm going to probably have to learn how to use a computer. I'm, I'm going to probably have to learn how to write something in, uh, in a Word document. I'm going to probably have to figure out social media. I'm probably going to have to invest in a website. I'm probably going to have to do this. You know, and those, those are all things. If you really want to be able to do this work at a professional level, you are going to have to familiarize yourself with that stuff as well. Well, it's the 21st century. Exactly. Well, exactly. It's but, the 21st century. And, it's, and it sucks that, you know, I'll be the first to admit, like, when it comes to that part of the business, you know, and I, and I do a lot of that That's for not the our, fun part of our business. business. I, I hate that part of our business. I hate having to be responsible for that shit you know that that's it's not fun for me i do not like having to deal with all that technology i do not like social media you know i i realize the you know how ridiculous that sounds as we're, we're sitting we're here recording, recording a podcast media. but um but you know but those are th those are not the things when i went into this professionally all those years ago this is not the side of the business or this is not the part of this work that i thought would really be consuming so much of my time and it is that stuff actually takes more of my time now than being able to actually work with people in the capacity of being a witch and or psychic. Um, well, when you started years ago, how, how long have you been doing this professionally? It's been, it's been a really long time. It's been years. And um, when I first started <coughs> Sorry. doing this, we did not, uh, you didn't need to have a website. And actually in that area, it was odd to have a website as a psychic. Like if people saw you online, like if you had a website, Something, you know, people assumed like, oh, you're, you know, you're not really a psychic, you know, you're trying to market yourself as something else, or you're not really a psychic, that you're a business and you're just trying to sell yourself as a psychic. Like people were very suspicious then of, I think, spiritual practitioners that were, you know, that were techie. Or, or that had a you know a, an online website presence, but but the world has evolved and changed. I mean, everybody has. You you have to have that kind of a presence now. I'm literally the only voice teacher I know that does not have a website. Yeah, well, and, and we we need to we we you and I have spoken repeatedly about creating a website for you, and and we we never seem to get around to it. Um, but you know, that that is something. Yes, it is a necessity now. You know, um, and well, so how long have you been doing it? Um, like in the capacity, like in a, in a somewhat professional capacity, I've, I've been working for people for, it's been like, it's been about 30 years, like where I can actually say like, I have collected money. I have promoted myself. I have worked events, you know, and I, going like years back, I mean, some of my first gigs were like, really like, like teeny tiny little psychic fairs in spiritual shops. I, I worked for, I think got probably six months, maybe six months for a psychic hotline. Because Call one, me now. exactly, well, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a uh, it wasn't that particular psychic hotline, but, um, but I, but I did work for one and, you know, and oh my God, you want to talk about a, a nightmare, horrible job. Wow. Um, anyway, uh, but you know, so I, I you know, I've, I've done this for a long time and, you know, and I, and I can remember in my early days being young enough and not having the resources to be able to do a lot of these things now, but those were also the things that really hindered my ability to grow uh, professionally in this particular, uh, field industry, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. You know, that's actually, maybe that's, that's kind of a good thing. You know, I, I hear myself saying the, the word industry. And then there's also a part of me that's like, there, there is a delicate balance. I think we have to maintain though, right? Like where the business is an important piece. We do also need to make sure that that isn't becoming the priority, right? The work is still the people, the work is still the work itself, you know? So I, I think it's a, it's a tricky balance. Um, but I think that would be true for any kind of work that involves like humanitarian, like working with people specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, what are some of the big things 
to be aware of when putting yourself out there as a professional practitioner? And you touched upon some of these. You mentioned that in this particular type of work, you know, the spiritual community, professional spiritual community, we tend to attract a lot of people who are looking for a magic answer, quite literally a magic answer, or people who are expecting that spiritual practice is something that will make up the difference for common sense, critical thinking, actual like going and seeing a therapist if you a have doctor. some serious mental health issues or exactly a physical doctor of some kind if you have a physical health concern. People who show up every day and think, oh, you're, you're going to work a miracle for me. You know, and I'm going to say right now, though this might sound a little... Um, you know, I don't know, a little arrogant or a little conceited for some of some of you who listen, but I've, I've, I've seen miracles happen with the work that we do. I've seen some really amazing things happen through uh, spell work, ritual work, uh, you know. Um, and so those things can happen, but those are, I find are, those are the things that are actually kind of rare, you know, those those, those miraculous kinds of experiences. Well, those, those are, are really things rare. that happen through the client taking and ensuring the mundane step as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know, if if you have a client who comes to you and they want you to do a love spell and you cast this love spell for them, but this client is sitting at home eating bonbons, not actually going out or or in this day and age trying to like... Well, you gotta call life. me out. Well, you gotta call me out like this. Are you trying to date? I'm not trying to date, but I'm definitely sitting at home eating bonbons. Oh, I want bonbons. I've never had bonbons, actually. They're, they're not what everybody... I much. I, I want those cosmic brownies. Actually, I have no idea what those are. Little Debbie cosmic brownies. I probably have seen these, but at the moment I'm drawing a blank. Wow. I also like the the, the cream pies. The we're we're we're, we're sorry. We're definitely um, off topic now. Um, um, but they actually have to go out and do it. And when they come back to you, and they're like, you know, nothing's happened. No one's fallen into my lap. It's like, well, when's the last time you went out? When's the last time you took a risk, took a chance? Well, I'm scared. Yeah. Like, aren't we all? That's everyone's life, you know? <clears throat> so so you have to inform the client that they have to take the mundane measures in order for the other 50%, which is the spell work or the reading or the energy work, to actually take effect and hold in the physical world. Okay. Okay, so so again, getting back to like the, to that first point though. So we we see a lot of that, and that's definitely something that is going to pop up a lot. I think any of mm -hmm. you who are listening who maybe are curious at all about this work or um, kind of the the industry around this work, that the types of people that you're going to end up dealing a lot with. Th this is it. You're going to end up dealing with people. Not everybody. There are some amazing people. You know, and in no way do I want it to sound as though we you know we don't enjoy the, working with the people that we do, but. But we do, that is a conversation that we, we have to have more and more. I'm finding, you know, people who are coming to us and we're having to stop them and say, I cannot work a spell for you. I, I cannot do this for you because based on just the conversation that we've had in the last five minutes, I can tell that you actually need to go see a therapist. You are dealing with some serious mental health issues and magic, spell work, whatever you want to call it is, is if anything, going to probably exacerbate your mental health issues. Um, so no, I'm very sorry, you know, and as an ethical practitioner, I, you know, I, that's a conversation I have to have, you know, I know there are a lot of other practitioners out there. And again, I'm throwing a little bit of shade here, but there are a lot of other practitioners out there that really just do not care. They're like, Oh, Hey, you want to pay me money? Absolutely. I don't give a shit. You're the one that's going to deal with the consequences, you know? Um, 
But sooner or later, those consequences, they do come back to you because that person is going to have a bad experience and they're going to somehow associate you with that bad experience because you were the one that was supposed to fix that for them and you didn't. Or, or what's going to end up happening is this person is going to get the mundane law involved and you're going to find yourself on the, on the receiving end of a lawsuit. Yes. And that does happen in some areas. It does, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and with a good enough lawyer, even though you're thinking, oh, well, you know, they're going to try and take me to court for using magic. No, what they're going to do is they're going to take you to court for stealing their money and conning them. Yeah. That's what they'll take you to court for. And then your business will be absolutely ruined. Yep. Yeah. It only, it only takes like one really, really one good sized scandal around the work that you do as a mm -hmm. practitioner is really all it takes and no one will work with you anymore. Yeah. I've, I've seen that happen okay. to a lot of psychics and, and practitioners over the years. Um, so we've talked about, you know, that, that aspect of the work. One of the other things that I want to talk about is actually other people within the industry, within the, this particular field, because we also deal with a lot of, or see a lot of really unethical. And I think, you know, I'm going to say unethical, but really, again, I think a lot of this actually comes down to what we were talking about first. A lot of people who have rushed into doing this kind of work without the proper training or experience. And there they are. And, you know, and it's very much, I find for a lot of people, uh, kind of like a fake it till you make it kind of a scenario, but you cannot fake it till you make it when you're dealing with other people's lives. Yeah. That's, you can fake it till you make it on certain things. Like <laughs> prime example, like brain surgery, right? God, God no. Really oh. good example. Opera in a different language. You could, you could fake that language, make it sound really really good and no one will know but you can't do that in like the spiritual community that's no. one super unethical and two a really for sure way to hurt someone really bad yeah and in yeah. turn hurt yourself yeah. well now, we're not talking karma yeah 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 well, we're, we're just talking consequences yeah, we're, we're, we're witches we don't we don't do karma but um or uh anyway but to add to that you know it's not just an issue i think of uh, ethics or a lack of knowledge. I think there are also elements of the professional spiritual community that are really, to be honest, again, like pretty nasty. Yeah. You know, we, we deal with people, uh, regularly who are, uh, well, just, I just out and out like racist. Yep. Misogynist, homophobic, you know, in this week. And, and that has nothing to do with the spiritual community that those are just very like human issues. But I have to wonder sometimes, you know, when you look at, say, like someone that would be working as a professional psychic, if you were working as a professional psychic or whatever, you know, whatever the capacity may be, and you are someone who is a racist person, like say you, for whatever reason, you do not, not like black people, you are, you are racist and a black person makes an appointment with you. How are you going to handle that appointment? You know, that it's going to become clear probably really quickly that you are uncomfortable in that situation. You're going to give that, that person a, a bad reading. It's going to be a bad experience. It's going to, you know, and, and then that person is probably going to leave and go and say like, oh God, don't ever go see this person again because I went to see them. And, and not only were they not a good psychic, but I also kind of got the feeling that they were uncomfortable with me because I'm black. You know, um, and, and I, and I know some of you listening, that might seem like kind of an odd example, but that happened that that was a real story that was a real situation that happened to someone that i'm familiar with who used to be part of the psychic community here um 
people who own businesses like ours. You know, there's another shop in the area and I'm not going to drop any names because I don't want to, I don't want the trouble, but there is another shop in the area and the owner, the owners of that shop are notoriously racist. They, they've made comments in front of people, employees who are close friends of ours. I worked in that shop at one point. There are people, you, you were there, exactly, you worked there too. These are people who made comments in that shop, basically to the effect of like, I, well, I'm not going to go into specifics, but, but absolutely racist and, and completely unacceptable kinds of things. And, you know, and, and then, but they're happy to smile in your face and, and lie to you as long as you're willing to spend a buck in their store, mm-hmm. you know? Well, this is also another example of where you were talking about how, if you go to a reader... If you go to a reader and you sit down and you're a person of color and the first thing they tell you is, oh, you shouldn't be looking into traditional witchcraft or you shouldn't be looking into Wicca, then you should be looking into voodoo or hoodoo, then that should be a red flag because that happens so much. That happens so much and it's like, that's, that's not your business to tell someone what their spiritual path should be. Yeah. Particularly based off something like that. Exactly. Um, but to, to, to finish, like, the point I was making, though, and, and again, to clarify why this particular thing is something that is is an issue, because don't get me wrong, these kinds of issues, you know, racism, prejudice, these kinds of things, these are, are issues that pop up in any kind of work, any kind of industry. Yes. You know, we all know, that sadly, that that is the case. But where this is, for me, a particularly tricky issue in the kind of work that we do is that as people who are working in a spiritual capacity, we should have done what we need to do to do to move beyond these things. Mm-hmm. We should not be harboring racist, misogynist, homophobic, transphobic, whatever it is, we should not be harboring these kinds of beliefs. Because if we are, we have not done the work that we need to on an, on an individual level to be working in any capacity spiritually for anyone else. 100% agree. You know, and so that is why this is such a particularly tricky issue for me with our work. And that's the T. Um, there you go. Um, is there anything else that you would really kind of tell people about... Oh, I know what I want to talk about. Um, exchange and money, where money is concerned, you know. And this is one other thing that I want to talk about. And mm. I am amazed that this continues to be an issue of debate. But I, I, I seriously, I still have, um, we'll say, heated conversations on occasion with people that are like, well, if you have a spiritual gift and if you're doing this, then you should be doing this for free. The fuck I should. You know, and to those people, I always kind of say like, well... Do you work for free? Well, no. So here's the you know, thing: does does your good intent and your 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 needs or your just your desire to help other people is that helping you pay your electric bill? Okay, so here's the thing: that was brought up and made popularized by Gerald Gardner, was it? Yes, Gerald Gardner did that. Yes, because Gerald Gardner stated we should not charge for the teachings. We should not charge for the work that we do. Wasn't Gerald Gardner also like? pretty well off though too like yes he was a he was a rich white boy yeah he was a rich white boy he had a nanny his nanny fucking raised him okay so so here's the thing let's look at this from a very traditional perspective we go back in our and let's let's just say we go back to my great 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 grandma right over there in italy hanging out people would come to her and would ask for healing 
there was an exchange. They'd come to her for healing and she would in turn receive milk for the week. She would in turn receive bread or meat or eggs or she th that 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 person's child would be doing chores around the farm. That was the exchange, right? In this day and age, we don't have that. So unless you're going to pay my phone bill for me for a reading or a service, unless you're going to pay my rent for me for a service outright, then no, there is going to be an exchange. And a pretty crystal in exchange for an hour-long healing session or spell consultation is not an energetic equivalent. So if you're, not unless you decide it is. Not unless you decide it is. And once again, that is all up to you. So if you're someone who wants to work strictly on the basis of, you know, pay what you can, which I have done before. I have done that before. And, mm -hmm. I, and, and you know, Mike and I, th th this makes it sound like we are not charitable people. That's incorrect. We do we do lots of charity yeah, events. We give a lot of shit away. Yeah, we give a lot of shit yeah. away. We do a lot of charity events. But when it ultimately comes down to it, that's for people who absolutely 100% need that mm -hmm. you know i'm not gonna someone from park city who drives it's so in, funny you said that i was just gonna say like the spoiled women that drive in from park the city. spoiled women that drive in from park city in there i got it i get a new lexus every year yes yeah, yeah you know kind of i'm sorry you can afford 35 dollars for a half an hour reading yep you can afford 75 for a full hour reiki session you can afford that. And if you can't, if you can't afford the reading or the work, then chances are you don't need that right now. You don't need the reading. You don't need the spell work. You don't need the healing. What you need is you need to save up money so you can pay your bills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People with a freaking Moldavite. Oh, yes, yes, that's true. Yeah, like right. You spent $400 right. on a chunk of Moldavite. That's why you can't pay your light bill. Yeah. It has nothing to do with exactly. the Moldavite. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah. That's... It has to do with your irresponsibility. Yeah. Yes, poor life choices. Um, did I change anyway, it or was that you, all connected? You tangented Sorry. a little bit there, but no, it's all, it's all, it's all connected. It's a, it's a, God, I thought I turned the volume off on this thing. Anyway, sorry everybody. That is my, uh, my phone giving me a notification. I, I apologize. Um, back, back to money though. Okay. I, I want to, I want to get back to, you know, the, the point I wanted to make in bringing that up is that Money is, if anything, really just kind of a, a different form of energy, right? That's how I kind of talk to people about it when I have students who come and meet with me, people who have this kind of these qualms of conscience about taking money for spiritual work, you know, uh, that they perform for other people, you know, and I, I always tell these people, money is just another form of energy. It is the form of energy that we use at this point to, uh, you know, to express reciprocity, to be able to say, okay, you did something for me, here's something for you, right? So... That is one other thing that I want anybody who listens to this who's like, hey, I want to do this professionally someday. Charge for your services. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do not work for free. Not only for the reasons that Austin was just, just relating to you, but also because people will not value something if they have not had to pay something for it. Well, that's that's why Dr. Usui started charging for Reiki. Okay. Yeah. It's because he noticed that the people who, who he was doing the charity work for mm -hmm. would go back to their bad habits because they hadn't invested. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's, a, it's the way that that person is investing and saying, I now take responsibility for what you've given me. Yeah, so, so don't get weird about receiving payment for what you do. That is an important thing 
and and you you deserve to to be reimbursed so all right um why does it seem that so many people are trying to to go professional with their spiritual practices now have you noticed that i know this is something that we've talked about before um but it seems like seriously like everybody wants to kind of break into this particular type of work everyone wants to open up a shop and and again and i think it's again because a lot of people just don't really have a clear idea of what this is supposed to be or what this is like really like the kind of the 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 not so nice component of, of this particular type of work i will state my my opinion how i see it and how i feel it and then i'll let you kind of go off on your thing okay i see people wanting to open a shop or start this particular type of work for the masses and for for private clients because they think it will in turn teach them. Okay. You know, we get a lot of people who want to, who want to work in the shop. And when these people bring it up, it's like, well, I think it'll be a good way to learn. No, it is not going to be a good way to learn. If, if you cannot tell someone this candles for this, this crystal for this, this herb for this, here's a good book suggestion, here's how I how I would work it, or here's how it would be traditionally done. If you cannot relay the information and your response is, oh, I don't know, you don't need to be doing the work. You still have a lot of work and learning to do on your end okay. before you can even work for someone else. It's the same reason why people who think that they can because they're talented and they sing pretty, they can teach voice lessons. It's not how that works. Mm. You don't know the anatomy. You don't know how the fu- things function, and you could end up doing more harm than good. Okay, all right, that's true. Yeah, these are yeah. This is this is not uh, the type of work that you can you can't learn as you go. Basically, with this, like you've got to have something to start yes, you it's out. It's not with. all how you feel. Uh, that doesn't mean that you can't still learn. There isn't still more to learn. Absolutely, oh, God, but I'm but you've got to have a good foundation and be able to to present and do what you do. You know, completely before you're you're doing this. Um, you know, on a professional level. Um, one of the other things that I've noticed with this, and again, I think this goes back to one of the things we talked about initially, is I've noticed that a lot of people are trying really hard to become a part of this community on a more professional level. And uh, they're they're claiming something that they don't really have. You know, this is, you know, like what you were just saying, basically, like they, they haven't really earned it. You know, they might feel that they have some raw talent or they've read a book or two, but that doesn't mean they're they're legit. You know, and sooner or later, that's going to come out. Like, that's going to be revealed. There, There's another practitioner in the area who just recently opened a shop, you know, and I feel so bad. I feel like I'm calling out all everybody else in the area. And I'm really, I'm not trying to do that. Trust me, I'm, I, I actually am kind of happy whenever, like, another shop kind of like ours opens up in the area. I actually kind of get a little happy about that because... Well, because it's showing um, a little bit more involvement and acceptance yeah, it's it's it shows me that we actually do have somewhat of a community here. So I, I enjoy this, but um, you know, I, I like to see that as long as these are people who are actually, you know, like they're legitimate, you know. But that's that getting back to my, my the point I was just making or what I was saying, there there's another shop that's open recently and the people who've opened that shop are peddling that shop as a witchcraft kind of a shop and n- they're not witches. I, I know these people on a personal level and they are not witches. They are all about the aesthetic, uh, you know, and, and, you know, and all I can say is, you know, I, great for them, but sooner or later, that's, that's going to become clear. 
somebody who goes into their store who actually knows what they're looking for, knows what they're doing, and is hoping they can find some sort of resource or component or, or, or something there for their work is going to go in there and they're going to have that conversation and they're going to find out really quickly like, oh, wow, like you guys have the look down, but there's really not a whole lot else going on here. Well, that's also something that I'm noticing a lot when people decide they want to work professionally is they assume that because you're working professionally as a psychic or you are openly pagan, that you're that automatically makes you a witch. Yeah. Or because you are a shop owner, you automatically are a high priest or a high priestess. Yeah, or an elder. Or an elder. Community. And that's not how that works. No, that's not how any anyone, of that works. Anyone can get a business license and open up a shop. Mm-hmm. Anyone can get a business license and take payment for readings and services. Yep. Anyone can do that. But on a professional level, what makes the difference between a professional and just someone who's doing it because, you know, whatever, they have spare time or they really, really like it, a professional lives it, eats it, breathes it. That is their entire life. That's what they do. Mm. Someone who's just kind of like, I'm only a witch on the weekends. It's going to be about it. Yeah. You know, take all the weekends that they've lived since they've been claiming the title of witch or pagan, and you're probably going to have maybe a couple years of experience. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, and good for them, right? And as far as like their own practice, but yeah, but I, I I would hesitate to do business with that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Um, I, w- I want to talk a little bit about, and this is something that I tend to harp on, and anybody who listens to this who's ever taken one of my classes will probably, this will these will sound like familiar words, but one of the things I want to talk about uh, is issues of negative ego manifestation. Mm. And uh, this, this thing that we see, and this is a particularly big issue in the light worker community, but a lot of people, I think, kind of go into this work because they have this need to, like, it's almost like a savior complex. Gross. Right? They're like, I need to save people. I need to help people. Like, the world won't get be any better unless I do this, and I, I know, and I have, I have so much to give, and I have, you know, and I have to help and save these people. You know, and the thing is, is some of that, actually, that could, you know, maybe that's true, but... That, that's not usually how that manifests, though, in, in, in actually doing the work. You know, in, in approaching this work from that perspective, you're not actually really doing the work because you've already failed. You've already made that about you and your need rather than being uh, putting yourself into a position of service to the other people. You know, when we talk to people who comes into the shop about how we got involved and, and why we do some of what we do with the shop and, the, and our, our personal work as witches, um, you know, we talk a lot about like being called to this, you know, and a lot of people, you know, have maybe heard that that term, you know, being called to something. But I know there are a lot of people who don't really have a sense of what that really feels like or what that is. And to, to you know, maybe clarify that with some of my own story, you know, I was born into this. I was raised doing this, you know, and there there was a period of time in my life where I was so burnt out on having to deal with other people's stuff. And I'm kind of feeling that way at this point in my life, too. Maybe it's like it's like an every 20 year thing, because I'm, I'm figuring that math in my head right now. And it's like every 20 years, roughly, like I'm at a point where I what like, happens in your chart. Every 20 I'm years. like, I'm like, yeah, I have to look at where my planets are every 20 years, because that, that's kind of an odd thing. That's happened, um yeah, I will have to ask Tabitha. Anyway, uh, but I, I've noticed that I um, I get to a level of burnout, and, and I did years ago when I was much younger. I got to a point where I'm like, I can't do this. I just, I cannot deal with 
the burden of other people's problems anymore. I cannot deal with the demand and the the unfair expectations that people have of spiritual practitioners. I just can't anymore. Mm -hmm. And as much as it pains me to step away from this, I have to. And that's and I did. I, I walked away from this and I, I went into it completely different. I like got I found a corporate America job. You know, I, I worked in a corporate accounting kind of a situation for over a decade, for 10 years. I worked in an accounting office and didn't really do, other than my own personal stuff, didn't do anything for anybody else. Well, and, and, and from what you've told me, you still had, like, personal clients here and there yeah. that would, like, drop in. Yeah. But it wasn't, you know, like... All the time. Exactly. Yeah. And, and even then, it wasn't really a lot of the time, it wasn't really something that was even done on a professional level because I, I was earning a paycheck. You know, like I had a day job that was, was more than paying my bills at that time. I, I was actually, you know, as far as financially, you know, I, I was doing better in the corporate job than I, I ever have in the spiritual job uh, work. But, you know, and that's okay. You know, and that's, so that's a good point. I'm going to talk about that. I should have talked, talked about that earlier when I was talking about money. But my, my point is that, um, you, you can't make this about you, you know, and, and in, in doing that years ago when I stepped away from this this type of work, I, I, I tell people a lot when this story comes up uh, or when I tell the story that my life fell apart. The further I tried to move away from this work, the, the more my life went wrong, you know, and I, I fought it for years and I, I eventually I had to I had to admit like I this is what I meant to do. I, I I've got to do this, mm -hmm. you know, and as soon as I was able to do that and get things back on track and start putting myself out there to in a position to work for other people, like all of a sudden my life started to come back together. Everything got better, you know, and I'm not saying my life is perfect because God knows it isn't, but, um, you know, but it, but it was better. So um, talking about that, though, or talking about what I was just making saying a moment ago, one other thing to be aware of, those of you who go into the spiritual field uh, or choose to maybe do this on, on a somewhat professional level. If you're going into this work with the idea that you're going to hit it rich, that this is going to be something that's going to be like a huge money maker for you. Sitcom. Oh boy, you are so, so wrong. Oh my God. You know, I'm not saying that can't happen, but the likelihood of that happening is so extremely, extremely rare. Um, beyond that, you shouldn't be doing this kind of work with that kind of motivation. This kind of work should not be like, oh, I'm going to make money. I'm going to profit as much as I can on other people's spirituality. It's not that you can't charge. It's not that you can't earn fair pay for what you're doing. Absolutely. You got bills. You got a life you want to support. But you, you really, you, you have to be so careful about the way that you are profiting off of other people's spiritual paths. Um, because something sooner or later will get you. I've seen that happen too, where people have gotten greedy. They've started to charge like... $300 for like an hour of their time or you know like like I think one person that travels internationally that's like a really well-known medium or psychic charges like like a couple thousand dollars for a reading which is like an hour of their time you know and these are people that want to have truly lost their way mm -hmm. they have made this now more about their money their profit and the lifestyle they want to live than actually being of service to the people that they are working for um, and sooner or later they start to suffer. I, I, I see this, I have seen this happen again and again. Their lives fall apart. Their personal relationships fall apart. You know, their their business connections and associations take advantage of them. The spiritual community around them starts to shun them because well, their everybody abilities, starts to see. Their abilities start to yes they Yes, they lose their gifts, like their their vision, their psychic gifts and, and spiritual gifts start to kind of, yes, abandon them as well. I, I, I can't tell you, because I think I know who you were talking about with the international. Um, 
I, I well, to be honest, there's more than one. Well, there's more than one. I, I had an, an interaction with one of these big old, like, famous psychic and spiritualists, and um, nothing they said was correct. Now, as someone who's a practitioner, obviously, I have wards, I have protections, and my guides don't like talking to people if <clears throat> if, if if they know their their shit. Well, and sometimes it's just an off day for that person. Exactly. Right? Like we don't always get it right. But I noticed that they started. They started trying to cold read me. They were looking at my jewelry. They were, they were, you know, trying to do shit like that. And eventually I just called them out. I was like, you're trying to cold read me. And I'm not saying cold read as in you've never met me before. I'm saying cold read as in you're trying to read my body language. And that's super unethical. So please just leave me alone. I don't want any part of this. You know? And it happens all the time. That's another thing we should probably talk about. Is like we don't need to impose that on other people if they're not asking. What? Like... If you're going into this, that doesn't give you the right to walk around and be like, your dead grandma's trying to talk to me. Oh, God, let's not let's not go there any, uh, with that in particular. But, you know, but that is a good point, though. You're right. Yeah, just because you do this in some level uh, professionally, yeah, that does not mean that you now have the right to go throughout every day of your life and intrude upon the lives of other people. Absolutely. Yeah, that that's definitely a huge ethical issue. I think mm-hmm. we've talked about that before on the podcast, actually, about, like, don't... Don't do that to people. Don't put yourself in the position to be, again, like, you know, like, like the teacher, the healer, the savior, you know, particularly not for people who are not inviting you to do that work for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Oh, let's see. Can you share an experience? Awesome. I'm curious. This is, this is one I'm thinking because I'll probably share one too. Um, can you share an experience that you've had as a professional spiritual worker um, that would be like something basically like this would not have been possible. This would not have happened had you not been in that position. Had you not like been, you know, like I'm here professionally to do this. Like, I guess basically what I'm asking is like, like, you know, like what, what, what's one thing that has happened in the time that you've done work like this for other people that has kind of shown you like, or has been a reminder to you of kind of the responsibility of this? Like, oh God, like this is something that I can't play with, or this is something that I need to take seriously, or this is something that, um, yeah, I guess, you know, just something that has kind of reminded you of the gravity sometimes of doing this work and don't get me wrong it's not that this work can't be fun we we have a lot of fun with the work that we do as well but um but even in those moments where we're having fun we we still have to take what we're doing seriously um god i can't think of any like i like i'm you sure haven't had some... any of those experiences no I've, I've had those experiences i just can't bring any of them up like i can't <laughs> think about it i think it's because if they're negative experiences <laughs> i usually just write it off well, I'm not um, talking even. I'm not talking negative experiences because this isn't just about negative stuff. This could be a positive thing too, like a moment where you, um, ha- I guess, like I guess what I'm, what I'm asking for is like, like what have you ever had a moment where you've been doing this work for someone else and something has happened in the process? And of course, it's all about them, right? But mm-hmm. in the process of doing whatever it is you've been able to do to help them, you've had there's something been something about that moment that has also validated something for you. Like yes, there's, like there's a reason I'm okay. here. There's okay, a reason that, I'm doing this. That that apparently is what needed to happen in my brain for me to understand. Um, yes, that happened just recently, actually. Okay. Um, I, so I'm the Reiki master teacher practitioner at the shop. And what's Reiki? Reiki is healing using universal energy. 
Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, don't be snobby. But I'm really good at it. It's okay. Me too. Um, <laughs> anyway, so um, it was actually one of your clients and old students. Um, I don't want to drop names. Yeah, don't drop names. Um, but they've taken a lot of your classes. They've taken a lot of my classes. They usually like to come to our path workings. Um, and they like to come to... They usually bring their mom. Usually too. Okay. Um, they took my Reiki 1 Blue Fire course. And they had such a profound emotional release around why they stopped doing work and cause they used to work for other people. And okay. so they started taking my second course and they came up to me Thursday, which is when I just, I, I did my first class of it. And they, they told me thanks to you, Michael and the shop, I am still connected to my spirituality. I have reconnected. I have become more willing to open up. And I've also learned how to differentiate frauds, fakes, and phonies. And because of that, though it's a double-edged sword, I'm learning more now than I have in the years that I've been doing this, but now I'm learning it correctly and legitimately. So my experience has usually been through teaching. Um, I love to teach. Teaching is my jam. Um, so that's the most recent experience that I can think of. How about you? How about me? Um, you said you have an experience. I've, I've mentioned this experience on a couple of our other episodes. I've never really related this story um, to, on on the podcast or um, really any other of the Is social media big that a I do. Story? Yes, the big A. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to tell that story. Um, because it's just, it, it's not pertinent to what we're doing right now, but, uh, no, but I think it, it, it would be if you were to share it, but well, so I, well, maybe, maybe details. Okay. But so I guess where, where, why, why this one comes to, to my mind. Okay. And again, and this is, this is a positive experience. Um, probably one of the most positive experiences I've ever had doing spiritual work. Um, and I think, um, what it was for me is in the process of working as a healer, doing healing work for someone. And this happened years ago, but I was doing healing work for someone um, who was, uh, she was dying, basically. This was someone who was dying of cancer. She was terminal, and she had fought for years and years and years, and she had just finally got to a point where she was just like, I'm not going to fight anymore. I'm just, I'm just going to kind of let this run its course, you know. And she had done all the chemo and all the, you know, the everything. This poor woman's body was just ravaged with all the treatment that she had done for years, and she just was like, she's like, I'm at peace. Like, I'm, I'm good. Um, you know, but she, you know, but she was still dealing with pain as a result of, of some of what she was, you know, just, well, just what she was dealing with, with the disease. So anyway, so she was doing what she could to balance or manage her pain. And so one of the treatments that she was doing is she would come and see me and we would do energy work. So, um, so working with her one day, um, we had this spirit this this energy come into the room and and from my side of this moving away from her personal details a little bit in that moment or at that point in my life i was i had just uh, come back to the spiritual work i had had just recently left the corporate america gig that i was talking about earlier i had just stepped away from that job uh in corporate accounting 
and I had just started to do the spiritual work and this opportunity to work as a part of this uh, practice with a group of other people had come up and I, and I jumped on it because it was kind of the first big thing that came up and it felt right. Um, you know, and so I took advantage and I was there and I was doing this work for a group of people um, in this office, in this space. And, um, but I was struggling with this because I had stepped away from it for a long time. I was coming back and I think I was dealing with a little bit of imposter syndrome, uh, you know, at that point, like, and there were a lot of other things going on at that point too, you know, like just more mundane kinds of things in my life, just as a part of the adjustment anyway. But, um, so I'm there and I'm doing the work and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely behind what I'm doing. I know that what I'm doing is a benefit. I know that I'm there, but, but I was still struggling again, I think maybe with that, a little bit of that imposter syndrome and this presence came into the room as I'm in the middle of a session with this woman. And, um, and it was, the, the only way to describe it is it was what I would understand with all that I've studied and learned. It is what I would understand or what I would identify as an angel, like angelic energy or an angelic being. And um, for those of you who are listening, I want to say right now, I am not an angel person. I'm not. I don't work with angels. I do not pray to angels. Um, I just stay away from angels because angels are something else entirely. Um, but, uh, but I had this presence, this spirit came into the room and it was one of those kinds of moments that is, um, surreal. It's almost like, like when fantasy becomes reality, it was just so weird, you know? And in that moment it was crazy because the room just filled like with just this energy and, um, yeah. And it just kind of froze me, you know, like in, in, in what I was doing and, um, you know, and it was at the same time, really, really terrifying. It was like, oh my God, like this is a spirit or an energy that could just wipe me out right now if it wanted to. Uh, but at the same time, there was also this very strong or overwhelming sense of peace. It was almost like this thing could kill me right now, but I wouldn't care because everything right now is perfect. Um, you know, and so it was a weird experience, you know, and that to me is one that has always stood out because I, I wouldn't have been able to experience anything like that if I hadn't gotten back into doing that work on a professional level. If I had stayed with the corporate America thing and, you know, and had, had tried to make that work, I, I would not have been in the right place at the right time to have that moment, you know, um. So for me, that's one that kind of sticks out and, and is a validating kind of an experience mm. for me. That was one that I, I came away after. Oof, that was a really weird day because after that experience, um, you know, that that presence was in the room for, for it. Seriously, it felt like what must have been like maybe 20 or 30 minutes, but it had to have easily been 20 or 30 seconds. It was over so quickly. Um, and, you know, and I had to kind of fumble through the remainder of her healing session because at that point I was kind of shaken by this um you know and then it was one of those experiences where like like I got to keep it together I got to keep it together and then as soon as we finished her session and she walked out I just locked the door and I just kind of sat there and cried <laughs> it was like oh my god you know like I was like like the shock finally hit right or, or you finally come out of shock and then you're like okay now I can process emotion um anyway but um but, but that to me, again, I think was, um, was a validating moment. I, I wouldn't have been able to have that experience, um, if, if I hadn't been there and, um, yeah, you know, it, it confirmed to me that I, I had made the right decision by coming back. 
So, Ooh, anyway. Should we share a, a negative experience now? A negative experience? Do you have one? I, I, I don't have one in, in mind at the moment, but if you've got one you want to share, go for it. One that... A, a negative experience that makes you want to cease the work, but also at the same time makes you want to continue the work. Really? Oh, God. Ugh. So, example for me. Um, for me. Uh... I have worked doing a lot of rituals, leading leading workings and stuff like that. I've done a lot of that. And I have been in both powerful workings and workings that are not. This leads me to being around people who are in in all for, for all intents and matters, these people were playing essentially Dungeons and Dragons during ritual. Okay, so like pagan theater? Yeah, okay. but it wasn't even that. It wasn't even oh. good pagan theater. Oh, like LARPing? Yeah, it was It was literally like, we had decided, as a, this was my old coven, we decided we were going to do a ritual um, called Drowning the Dragon. Um, okay. Which essentially is, it represents the fire... And the light of summer dwindling down. Okay. A group of people, three people, caught, you know, heard that, that our coven was doing that, because we usually opened up rituals like that to the public. And they showed up and they were ready to, like, go to fucking war. Like, they showed up and they had, like, a gun and, like, knives, and they're like, you're gonna drown a dragon. And you're like, this is all symbolic and they were freaking out we had to call police and have them escorted out because they were so far gone yeah these sound like people again who have some pretty serious yeah, mental health so issues. far gone from reality that it was just like so that made me want to step away very very quickly but in the same sense, the ritual that we did made me want to stay because everyone everyone had an experience. Everyone connected. Everyone had a positive thing. So it was very... It, it's always a double-edged sword when it comes to stuff like that. Okay. No, I think I, that's, you know, that, that is, that's also a good experience to share, I think, because that, that, again, kind of brings us back to a lot of the points that we've made so far today, you know. And I'm noticing the time, so we're, we're probably going to get ready to wrap up this episode. But, um... But, you know, but to recap a little bit on, on you know, our, our main topic today, you know, if you are wanting to, you know, or, or even just curious about what it is like to work in a professional capacity as a witch, psychic, whatever you want to call yourself, you know, these are some of the things that you need to be aware of. This work, when it comes down to it, it really isn't, it's not about you and your need. It's about what you're doing for other people. Yeah. Um, yes, you absolutely, you need to, to be paid money to do the work that you would do on a professional level but you also at the same time need to be so careful about making sure that you are not profiting off of the spirituality of other people mm -hmm. you cannot get greedy um you need to be very mindful of your personal ethics you need to be able to leave your personal judgments and belief at home while you are working for other people because that stuff will show up mm -hmm. it will become very apparent very quickly that you are somebody who is whatever your issue is and people will pick up on that and, mm -hmm. and you you will ha very quickly be ostracized in that community like a therapist um exactly or any other kind of professional right mm -hmm. um 
you know, you, you need to be very careful about who you associate with. You know, I, I touched upon this a little bit earlier in talking about some of the other businesses in the area that are being run by people who are completely unscrupulous and unethical people. Um, you know, and you need to be very careful about those people. You cannot associate with people who have proven that they lack ethics or that they are just, in general, just shitty people. Because that that's going to make you look bad. You know, mm -hmm. you, in this industry in particular, you are very much who you hang out with. Um, you know, and uh, beyond that, you know, um, you, you do need to make sure that you have some degree of business savvy. You really, you really, you do. You need to be able to put the effort into the, the business component, the administrative component of this kind of work. This is not all just about the spiritual, the psychic stuff. You got to do the other stuff too. Otherwise, you're never really going to see your business sustainable. Well, now there is an, another side of that. If you have someone like a partner who is a little bit more savvy around that, mm -hmm. then totally get them involved. Oh, yeah. Because I know that sometimes... Um, Sometimes, particularly for 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 me, um, Mike, you you have to remind me. Like, are you sure you can do that? Are Are you sure you have the time? I talk about, about how you have a tendency to spread yourself too thin. Yes, and you have to remind. I love me that, that that's coming up right now. I'm just because guys, I was thinking about that earlier. I was thinking of how you and everybody else in our circle love to give me shit for being a people pleaser, but I don't give you shit for being a people. But pleaser. then I'm like, but you're a people pleaser. You can't tell say no to anybody. No, I can say no. I just don't have, I spread myself thin because all the things that I do are things that I actually love to do. Uh, I guess. And so, so it's, it's nice to have a partner who has the ability to go, eh, you're spreading yourself a little too thin. You need to check in. You know, it's nice to have that. You know, I'm always here to be that boulder around your neck. Anything we, we haven't yet talked about? I don't about know. It. Do we get any all other, the notes? Any other points that you, you would like to to, to say to, to people listening on, on like who, who might have a dream to, to, to do what we do? Yes. You are your boss. Which means you decide who you want to work for. If you have seen that a client is becoming troublesome and you no longer want to read for this person or you no longer wish to do work for this person, then you must tell them. It's not up to everyone else. And ghosting them and making them feel like they are now abandoned is just going to create more of an issue. Yeah, that's, if that's you, not professional. If you cannot be adult enough to say, I'm sorry, I can no longer work for you, and here's why. Or instead, find a different, more tactful way to do that. You have no business telling that person no. So until you can put your big boy, girl, or gender non-binary undergarments on and say, hmm, you know, we've been doing this for quite some time, and you're obviously not getting it. So until you can take some responsibility on your end... I'm no longer going to be able to do work for you. Then you don't get, you don't get to do the whole, oh, I don't want to read for this person anymore. But then they show up and you take their money because that's also unethical. Because at that point, they're just paying for a friend. And that's not cool. Okay. You know, that's, that's one of the biggest problems. You, you say that we have, that I have a problem saying no. Um, 
And that's one of the biggest things I've noticed in the community is that because a lot of people in the a lot of professionals use this as like, like this is their job. It's very obvious. You don't say no. If you don't say no, you don't get you don't get to pay your bills. If you say no, you don't get to pay your bills. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But there's also a line where you have to protect yourself and your best interests and the image of your business as well. Yeah. And that's okay. That doesn't make you a bad practitioner. That doesn't make you a bad person. That makes you able to set healthy boundaries. And that's a good thing you need to have as a practitioner. You have to have healthy boundaries with your clients. The minute you start going and getting coffee with your clients is the minute they are becoming friends and they're no longer a client. Yep, that's true. Yeah, you, you cannot maintain personal connections with your clients. Yep. Yeah. Otherwise... Not a good thing. Otherwise, it just becomes even more cloudy and muggy. Yep. So, I think that was pertinent. I would agree, yes. Yeah, because that, that is an issue for many of us. Yeah. So. Well, all right. Let's, uh, let's change topic. Or uh, let's, let's kind of wind up our episode with the, uh, the usual... What are we loving and hating about our community right now? I'm disliking the perpetual push for the wheel of the year. Yeah. I'm very much disliking that. Over the, the course of the past couple of weeks, I've, I've had the experience of connecting with a couple of people who are telling younger, less experienced practitioners, whether they're witches or pagans, um, or both, that they have to celebrate every Sabbath, every eight, all the eight Sabbaths. You have to celebrate Beltane. You have to celebrate Samhain, you know, Samhain, not Shadowfest or Tenebris, Samhain. You have to celebrate Yule and Litha and Mabon and Nasa and blah, 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 blah. And no, you don't. I'm just going to say this right now. If you don't resonate with any of those, that's fine. Because most of the time, witches didn't honor those. If you're, if you're just claiming the title of witch. But also, ancestors usually honored the equinoxes and solstices because those were actually physically marked. You could actually physically see where those were at in the sky and in the world. So that's what I'm not liking. Okay. Because that's some Gerald Gardner stuff. That's some Wicca stuff that's been pushed and apparently is really, really hard to get by. The whole fertility cult cycle. Yeah, yeah. And those are, those are, those are pagan slash old fertility cult things, mm -hmm. most of them. And, and really several of very, them... Very little ha of that has to do with traditional witchcraft. Well, and several of them aren't even part of the same culture. That's true. It's all very misappropriative, all yeah. that. You know, it is. It's like, you know, this piece come from comes from this area of the world, this piece comes from this area of the world. And, and then you have somewhere it's um, called Mabon, and you're like, that's a god. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. They, then they throw that one in there. And, and that one, I, from what I understand, at least in the Wiccan community, is like, that. that's a hot button kind of an issue like there are wiccans that are like mabon's not a real thing and there are other wiccans that are like we love mabon it's our favorite you know sabbat and you know and, and i'm like eh, could you guys get it together because the rest of us are already confused enough you know um about what the hell it is you're you're, you're claiming i always called it the autumnal equinox well there you go right yeah the autumnal equinox what's the problem with that um okay no that's that's fair so that's what i'm disliking okay um dead air I don't, I don't know what I'm loving about, about things. So the loving does always seem to be a little bit trickier, doesn't it? I think we all, we just, by nature, we tend to focus on the negative. I am loving, I'm loving 
the new books that are coming out. I think we talked about that last time. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm loving a lot of the new literature that's coming out by more modern day authors. Um, I mean, Lara Tempest Zakharoff has a new book out, Anatomy of a Witch, which I've not read yet, but I have a few people who've read it and they said it's really, really good. Yeah. So I, I'm loving that and I'm loving that... Um, that... Yes, I'm loving that. Okay. Cool. How about you? What are you loving and hating? Um, well, like you, I'm having a difficult time thinking of what it is I'm really loving right now. Um, and what I'm hating is going to be a sensitive issue for many of the people who listen to our podcast. And I, I just want to be clear right now. Those of you who are members of the Norse pagan community, okay, I am not really anti-Norse pagan. I'm really not. And... You know, and I want you all to, to continue to work your traditions and honor your ancestors and your gods in all the ways that you need to. Um, I guess the, the problem that I'm having and why I'm bringing that particular community up is just this week, the shop had some really unpleasant interaction with a Norse pagan who is also a, a member of the white supremacist, the Aryan nation, whatever you want to call themselves, one of these racist extremist groups. Um, I mean, I mean, chick had swastika tattoos on her body, you know, and left and arm to be exact. And she's wearing a, a, a Thor's hammer around her neck, you know, um, and dude she's married to has Thor's hammers and all kinds of other crap tattooed to his body. You know, and I, I he guess had a Thor's hammer with a swastika in it. There you go. You know, and so I guess in, in talking about that specifically and in calling out the Norse pagan community, it's, I, I know that the reason I'm doing that is because the, these are the, these are your symbols. You know, the Mjolnir, the, these are your symbols, you know? Um, and I guess what's driving me crazy about that right now is that that is one community within paganism, witchcraft, whatever. Not that they don't all have issues with racism. Trust me, there are just as many racists or, or, or there's also an issue of racism in Mediterranean traditions, absolutely. But, um, and certainly in English traditions, oh my God. Wicca. Um, but, uh, but that seems to be the community right now that is so, I'm really, really dealing with this. Like, I mean, it is, it is a huge problem. And I guess when I, if I get to what it is that I'm really not, not liking about that right now is that there seems to be a real sense of apathy about that in the Norse pagan community. Like this is a conversation that comes up again and again and again. And I hear, you know, and I have a lot of, of, of you know, associates and, and people that I know who are wonderful people, amazing people, and they're Norse pagans, you know, and they're, they're, they're really, really cool people. Um, you know, and this conversation comes up again and again, you know, and I can see the anger in many of these people around how white supremacists have, have infiltrated their, their particular type of paganism or, or co-opting and stealing their belief and their traditions. But, but then there doesn't really seem to be any kind of follow-up. It's yeah, like they're not doing anything. It's about like it. it's like I don't really see any effort being made within that community to, to kind of expunge or to purge that influence. You know? And I realize, you know, that's a very easy thing for me to say because, you know, we all know those of us who have had to deal with system systemic organized kind of racism or or supremacy understand how insidious it is it's everywhere mm -hmm. and it's a very difficult thing to stamp out because as soon as you start to draw or point fingers and shine a light on that shit all they do is just temporarily crawl back into the woodwork for a little while yep. and, you know and then they elect trump and they all pop back up again right but um anyway so i i get it it's it's not as easy as just let's have a talk and it'll go away but but i'm also i'm seeing a lot of 
people within that particular community that are like, oh yeah, it's really not a good thing. And yeah, we're doing everything we can. And then crickets, you know? Um, and I, I guess for, for me, it's that, that, that's, that's, it's a very thoughts and prayers situation. It is. It is. It, it is very much a thoughts and prayers kind of a situation. It's like, well, if I just sit here and, you know, and make sure that I just kind of hold down my little piece of what this is, then, you know, that, that's all I can do. And it's like, no, no, as a community, as a particular group of paganism, uh, you know, a, a subset of the pagan community, like y'all kind of have a responsibility there, you know, um, the same would be true for any community. You know, if I, if I became aware of, you know, uh, an Italian witchcraft author, somebody who was really kind of pushing some fairly racist propaganda or these kinds of agendas, you, you bet your ass I would be castigating and calling that person out and doing everything mm -hmm. I could to deplatform them. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and so, I don't know, it just, it frustrates me. And, I, and I, at the same time, I want to be clear, I am not blaming Norse pagans for the racism and the white supremacy. I am not blaming you. I'm not saying it's your fault. But there are certain components of your tradition that work really, really well for these people, like that really allow them to foster their hatred um within your belief systems um and so i think you guys have kind of a responsibility there and um and i'm realizing as i'm saying this now that like it sounds like i'm calling out the norse pagans and again i'm really not trying to do that but that's one of the things that's really driving me crazy right now you know and it and it, it, it it did it was already a personal issue but it became even more so this week because we had this really unpleasant interaction with this person who is very clearly very clearly you know taking that symbolism and the meaning behind those things and is using them to push the white supremacist, the racist American agenda. Yes. Um, and, and using it through the guise of spiritual. Yes. So that way they are yes. protected via the law. Exactly. Exactly. And I guess that's one of the things that it would be good to kind of let Norse pagans in on through that exchange is that this movement, when you look at um, white supremacists, the Aryan nation, at least here, well, I'm, it's probably not just here. It's probably all over the world because these groups are everywhere. Um, but the, that mindset, like, for them, this is no longer a humanitarian issue. This is a spiritual war. These are people that firmly believe they are called or chosen by some higher power, that because of the lily whiteness of their skin, that they are some sort of spiritual warrior. And that's, that's, that's the thinking, that's the thought process behind this. And, and that is something to consider and to be aware of when you are looking at ways to mm -hmm. handle this influence within your community. So hopefully the last five minutes of my diatribe there doesn't piss anybody off. The last thing I want to do is, is hurt anybody's feelings. But well, um, here's the thing. But it's, if, it, that one's, it's driving me crazy. If, if this upsets you, get loud. Get loud get obstinate to, to, to these racist motherfuckers. Get up and say something. Do something. Don't just sit by and go, oh, well, that's not what I believe, and then leave it at that. The problem isn't that... The problem isn't that they're there. That is one of the problems. The problem is that they are the loud. They are louder than you. And so if you truly are a Norse pagan who is against racism, who's against white supremacy, who has actually read your texts and your myths and understand that that's not how that works, then you need to stand up. It is your responsibility to stand up and say, no, 
They do not speak for us. We disown them and we are going to do everything we can to destroy or remove them from this. It's your responsibility. It is your responsibility. Well, it's all our responsibility, but but I think people within yes, that I'm not a member of that tradition. Yeah, well, I, I understand that. So but, I'm but, I I have no say in that tradition. Well, no, I get that, but I, but you know, but I think I think as as witches, as pagans, whatever people want to identify, it is it's it's all of us, all of us have yes. a responsibility there. But yes, but I, I do feel that there are, are some some people within the Norse pagan community, particularly mm-hmm. that, that just don't really seem to be doing a whole lot, mm-hmm. and that that worries me because I. I look at particularly like people who are well known, like authors, uh, researchers, people who are are kind of like like really well known names within the Norse pagan community, the also true community, who uh, don't really seem to be addressing this or don't really seem to be talking a whole lot of, a whole lot about this. And you know, and I I have to kind of look at those people like, are you part of the problem? Like yeah, like you're part of the problem. Like is the fact that you're not really talking about this a whole lot is that because you're like secretly, you know, behind closed doors, like these are your beliefs too. Like, like that's something that I think about. I consider that. So if this is an issue for you, be loud. You have to be louder than the stupid, which sometimes is hard because stupid people are really, 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 really loud. Yes. Well, I mean, you and I, I, I don't think we consider ourselves stupid and we're also very loud. So, you know, I think... Well, yes, but then you also have other people who, in, in, I mean, we, 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 we've had our share of exchanges. There's been, there's been, there is a person who was arguing about how salt was super, 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 super traditional to Italian witchcraft. And I was like, well, that's not how that works. Or like that amber and jet has been used since the beginning of time to rank the high priest and the high priest is like, nah, that's a wicked thing, yeah. you know? And there are people who will stand against fact and history and and knowledge and academia and feign ignorance all the time they will always do that there will always be those people but it's up to us the people who know the difference it's up to us the people who are educated the people who who are against these things who are against misinformation who are against racism white supremacy transphobia misogyny homophobia all these things it's up to us to stand up and say no more no more and that means that we upset someone then i guess we upset someone but you have to be louder than the you have to be louder than them and that's what the problem is in a lot of these communities is that it's just oh well we don't acknowledge it we're not adding fuel to the fire and it's like, no, you are. Well, I guess maybe that's a good point or a good moment for me to actually talk about something that I, I'm sitting here and we're talking about this. And we're talking about this a lot more than I wanted to. Um, but uh, but in talking about this, you know, and, and looking for maybe something I am liking about our community right now, I am liking that I have had interactions with Norse pagans who are taking responsibility, who are stepping up. You know, who are saying like, yes, this is a problem our community is dealing with right now. And as I mentioned earlier, every little pocket of the pagan community has these issues. Uh, But right now, because of, I think a lot, because of the political climate in much of the world right now, because of as how divisive and divided we are, you know, as, as just as a people right now in many areas of the world, you know, this, this particular issue 
seems to be a big one. And unfortunately, the Norse pagan community is kind of right in the center of this. And um, but I am really loving the fact that I've had interactions with a lot of Norse pagans who are who are are saying like, yeah, our community really does have an issue with this. And, you know, and we are we are aware we're doing what we can. We're educating. We are talking about this. Um, so to counter, and I'm not trying to contradict what I was saying in a, mo a moment ago, because there absolutely are people within the Norse pagan community that are working on this or they're acknowledging this but i think just by and large though it just seems like just people like day to day like just your, your average one of the middle norse pagan out there they're kind of like a meh what am i supposed to do meh you know and i guess that, that that's that's kind of what's got me frustrated and i think for me and, and you too i think for us that maybe that's more of an urgent issue because we deal with that every day through the process of our business yeah right we deal with a lot of norse pagans regularly and you know when a conversation like this comes up not that we not that we're always bringing this up, we're not, but when it does sometimes come up in conversation, you know, that's kind of, in general, that's kind of the response that we get from a lot of those people, those Norse pagans. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I don't know what to do. It's not really my problem. That, that or, or we're branded anti-Norse. Yes, yes, or yes, or the store is branded anti-Norse. Which is not is. true. Which is yeah. not true at we're, all. We're, and we're anti-racist. Yes, yeah. anti-racist anti and anti you know, anti-racist, anti-homophobia, anti-transphobia, those are the things we're against. We're against those things. Anti, we're anti-misogyny. That does not mean because we are against that, that when we bring up this issue, that we are against everything, all those things as a whole. Because if that were the case, well, hell, we wouldn't have a fucking witchcraft shop. Because God knows that witchcraft Wait, has what? its issues. What? You just got, we, we are against those things. No, we are against those things, is what okay. I'm saying. Oh. But what I'm saying is... If we stand up, if we have a conversation with someone who's thinking about Nordic paganism and we inform them like, well, you know, that's great. Here's the things you need to be aware of. Yeah. Like I did. Yeah. And then we get labeled anti-Norse. If that were the case, everything, every tradition has its issues. Gotcha. Every tradition. Okay. You know, people come in and they're looking for Wicca. And, of course, I'm the person who answers those questions because I'm the one who's done it. And I have to inform them, like, well, yeah, Wicca's a thing, but also here are the issues with Wicca. And if you can somehow manage to rectify or get rid of those things in your own personal practice, awesome, great. Just because I'm, I, I point out the issues or just because we're pointing out the issues doesn't mean we are anti the good ones, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Am I making sense? Yeah, but like I said, we, we've gone off on this yeah. topic of much longer. We, we've yammered on about this much longer than I intended to. So that's okay. Let's call, let's call it good at that. All right. Well, I think we're, we're at an episode. So I agree. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody who tunes in and listens to us yammer on again. Um, we, we do appreciate you listening yes. and hopefully some of what we discussed here today is of value to you yes. um please contact us if you have uh suggestions on topics in future or yeah. if you have questions on anything that we we've discussed um contact us you yes. can you can reach us through instagram you can reach us through facebook info um, at cat and yeah you can contact the the shop um and, and talk to us about the podcast through yes. there um, and, and once again if the last 10 minutes that we've been discussing 10, we're like going on 20 of, of what we've discussed is somehow rubbing you the wrong way, please contact us. We'll more, we're more than happy to, just, to, to talk with you and discuss, discuss this with you. But understand, the issue isn't you. The issue is... White supremacy, white within, supremacy the North within the Norse-speaking community. Within the Norse-speaking community. And, hell, even in all the other communities as well. Yeah. So, so. anyway. 
All right. Well, once again, thank you, everybody. Um, we will, of course, we will be back in the next couple of weeks with another episode. All right. And um, we, uh, we hope you all have good days ahead of you. Thank you so much. Bye.